On this episode of the State of the Bulldogs with Sam, Mike, Jeb, and Grant, we talked the Western and Mercer wins, preview the Furman game, and we're joined uh, a few days ago by AJ State McCray to get his take on the season so far. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and leave a good review. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at State of the Dogs, and be sure to visit our website, stateofthebulldogs.com. With that, let's kick this thing off. I would imagine yeah. there ain't nothing He's got room. Inside the five to attention wins it. No contest. All right, fellas. So we got Grant and Mike tonight. Guys, we're, we're mixing it up a little bit. We're still going to do a little uh, around the SoCon segment, um, but no around the horn, no trivia. Uh, we're just, no. you know, we, we have the, the miniature AJ interview a little bit later on in the show. But there's so much going on. Guys, we got our first ever vote in the AP Top 25. A little surreal? You think he meant Stanford? <laughs> You've Stanford. been waiting all week to make that joke, I'm sure. Stanford, you mean Stanford's lost eight games. So. Out. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny. I think the whole Sam not stand bit grew old within a I don't know, a couple days after every major Stanford basketball and athletic account was tweeting about it. I mean, Mm -hmm. at a certain point, Stanford just can't hold their water to uh, Stanford basketball. Shout out to 44 in the rankings. No, no. Yeah. We're 44 in the net. I think we're 44. No, in the top 20. In the top 25. AP poll, yeah. Yeah. That's probably just because like we got one vote. I don't know how it works, but. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, the AP. Yeah. Hold on. Run that by me again. We're 44 in the AP poll. Yes. The AP ranks how many teams? Well, I mean, once you get through all the teams that are receiving votes, it basically just tallies up those with receiving votes. And basically, they're not wow. officially number 44, but you're basically, once you get through all the receiving votes, you count those and see where you are in the stacking of. Did not know that? Whatever team Did you're tied with. That. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to uh, David Jablonski, a, a Dayton beat writer for the Dayton Daily News, giving Sanford uh, that vote at uh, number 25. Thank you, David. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, no, but I love that, you know, Sanford basketball is getting some national recognition. It's not the only national recognition. Uh, apparently, Coach Bucky was nominated as Coach of the Week on ESPN. Across all of college basketball. That was big time because that came out in an article that ESPN puts out every Monday where it kind of runs through team of the week, player of the week, game of the week, uh, and then runs through their top 25. And it's, it's a, I mean, the only reason I, I saw it because it popped up like an ESPN article that I get every Monday popped up and I read it and saw Bucky on there. So I imagine thousands and thousands of people read that same article. So that's really good publicity for Sanford. Yeah, basically front page of the of ESPN's college basketball site just going down. The team shout out, another shout out. Get the clapping ready to Jeff Borzello from ESPN for uh, putting that in his in his column to start the week. You know, it's it's kind of a double edged sword, right, guys? We all got fired up when the CBS announcer is talking about a chore chore and some NIL money and leaving to go to a Power Five program, and we're all sitting there like, shut up, shut up, CBS. Well. We got the Oklahoma beat writer Eddie Radosovich throwing shout-outs to a chore chore. So you know when it's when he's making waves all the way in Norman, Oklahoma, uh, he's garnering national attention, and now Bucky is not. I mean, look, we love it, but at the same time, do we love it? Uh, just a little note. Would you rather be I, I, just Batman a, or Superman? Well, just a little note on the NIL front since. A chore is an international player. He's not eligible to receive NIL funds. So that's you have to be a, a U.S. citizen oh, originally in, to get in, funds. In, interesting. Yeah, that, interesting that we that have still rules. A rule? I think so. For can't, some reason, I thought they had changed. I can't that. remember because it's a 
It's a visa thing, I believe. Yeah, that's right. It came up last year because Oscar DeShibo was like, he's coming back. He's coming back for another year. The big man from Kentucky is like, oh, wait, he can't get NIL money, but he still decided to come back. I think, I think it's really still the case. Do you really think we're all reporting what money's coming in and what money's going out? Do we really think 18-year-olds getting $400,000 checks are going to report that to Uncle Sam? Yeah. Do we really Zach think? Eady, Zach Eady just came back to Purdue for free for fun. Just because he yeah, loves Purdue it's that for much. the love of the game. That's of course. IRS, please don't audit Zach Eady. He's in it for the love of the game. But you can't go and audit Ohio State football because that's just another monster. <laughs> that's just an, another monster. That's what happens when you lose to Michigan three times. Okay, we are we are not doing this again. We are going to lose to Michigan three times. They win a natty. and yeah. they say no. More. This is not happening no again. More. We're going to get every single five star quarterback we can. Every running just back so from SEC schools. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we need to I mean, check them out. Did CJ Stroud just make a huge donation to their collective? He did, yeah. He mm, donated like six figures to their collective. So, yeah. Donated six figures on his rookie deal. Guy must have some nice uh, marketing marketing revenue coming in. Yep. So Bucky's named Coach of the Year – or Coach of the Year. Coach of the Week. Let's get ahead of ourselves. Uh, Coach oh. of the Week on ESPN. We get our first AP Top 25 vote. We've won 17 in a row. It's kind of slipped a little bit against Mercer, you know, slipped a little bit, let him back in the game. Uh, but we let's talk about win number 16 in a row against Western. Huge night for the program, huge game on the road, silencing the doubters, people on Twitter, people in the SoCon world saying, you know, Sanford hasn't played on the road. They haven't played a big boy yet. No offense, UTC. Uh, very could very well win the SoCon tournament, the mocks. Um, but we did it, you know. We scored 85 against a very good team. Woolbright got his. But a chore, chore really came into his own. Um, stepping up with Jermaine out, Grant, Mike. I mean, how what, – what did y'all see in that game? I think the biggest thing I saw was, yes, a chore at 35 and 10, but also – Sanford didn't let Western get out to these big runs, especially in games on the road, mm-hmm. a big-time atmosphere. You can let it get away from you if you if Western go to, goes down, makes a three, you turn over, they go down, get another layup, and you keep going back and forth. Uh, going through the game, uh, Western only had runs of 4-0 and 5-0. Those were their biggest runs of the game. So that's just a big factor when you go on the road. Okay, we need to settle. That's a good yeah, We need to settle down the crowd and make sure that, hey, we can't let them get theirs, especially when Woolbright had that dunk that we talked about with AJ. The crowd kind of got going. Sanford went... Sanford went right down and scored. And going through the game, you can see how I haven't workshopped this, but Sanford on more possessions, they responded to a Western score with a score of their own more times than they didn't. So that's another way of limiting those runs. So basically, when Western would go down, Sanford would go down and get a three, like Jaden Campbell in the first half. He basically mm-hmm. had that three within two seconds of Western making a three. So that was the biggest thing I saw from uh, last Tuesday. Yeah, that was huge. Mike? Yeah, that's a great point, Grant. I mean, they every time Western looked like they were trying to make a run, we stopped them, and that's what we've done all season. And that just goes down to, you know, having so many different ways to score. Uh, this was a very unique game for us this year because our bench didn't do anything. We had what three bench points? Somehow managed to still outscore Western in bench points because they only had two. But, uh, <laughs> that's incredible! I didn't really, even see that. <laughs> I think let me let me double check that. Yeah, that that's sad. Damn. Yeah, because Holloway had like two free throws, or maybe like one field goal, and, yeah, and a couple in a free throw, and then yeah, they had two bench points uh, from Williams. So it was definitely just a battle of of really the starting five, and um, it was another track meet. I mean, they were just sprinting up and down the court the entire game. I'm sure those guys were absolutely winded afterwards, but. Really just high-level basketball, especially for Chore Chore. I think I texted you guys in the first half. You know, if somebody doesn't step up on Sanford's roster other than a Chore Chore, we're going to end up losing this game. Um, I don't know that anybody specifically stepped up, but everybody just played really well uh, as a team in the second half to, to hold them off. Uh, yeah, that's what's crazy is if just one more – if one more person decides to have a really good game, we blow by Western. If we finish at the rim – just, I don't know, 10 points more, right? Blow by Western and make a real, I mean, is it a statement victory for early in the season, early in the conference season? Sure. 
is it is it a good enough win for a statement victory in general? No. I mean, you win by what do we win? Five? It was 87-82, right? Final. Uh, seventy-five, seventy-one, four points. Yeah. yeah, four points. So seventy-five, seventy-one, four-point win. Do do a few things a little bit better. We win by double digits. Doesn't get nearly as stressful. Holy moly. That was one of those games where you're sitting there. We're in control for 99% of You were sitting down? We're in control from what, like they had one lead at the very beginning, the 19 minute or 18 minute mark. I don't think I sat down the whole second half. And then we quickly took the lead. No, no shot. Quickly took the lead. Didn't relinquish it. Always had a five to seven point cushion. uh, Extended it to 13 at the half. We were up eight at the half. Eight at the half. Thank you. I may be confusing that with Mercer. Go up eight at half. And, you know, we come out and we're, we're playing just, the intensity is just the same. But around the, what, 12-minute mark, 10-minute mark, Western kind of flips the switch a little bit. Now, all of a sudden, they're getting threes. We're getting twos. It's inching closer, inching closer. And just in that, well, the, the four-minute, four three-minute to go mark, you're sitting there, we're going to lose this game. The momentum's on their side. We're going to lose. And then, boom, this team just kept throwing punches, kept making baskets, and we escaped. We I love Fallon, Fallon at the very end, make, him, make it a free throw battle. I'm sure Western was not happy, uh, but hey, play chess when everybody else is playing checkers, and you might be all right. Yeah, that first foul up by three was with 10 seconds left. Yeah, that's when Sanford's okay, we're not letting you. We're not letting you have a chance. We're going to foul you super early. Why would you not foul? I mean, that's just that's right. basketball one on. Yeah. We're not getting JP Pegid out here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Sam. The first half, you know, we only had that eight point lead. I think it probably should have been bigger because uh, Western was not playing well at all. They only had three right. guys score. Uh, Will Bright had half of their points. He had fourteen of their twenty nine points. They shot twenty percent from three. three they went 15. like five minutes without scoring. Yeah, it was they, I mean, they didn't play. They didn't play well at all, and we were. I mean, we weren't playing our best, but we were playing better than them. So I was just yep. concerned that, especially given that home crowd environment. I mean, that was right. the best environment we've played at yeah. since probably the Purdue game, opening game of the season. Um, I just thought that Western, like even with an eight point cushion, had a great chance of coming back. So I'm really I'm really happy with the, with the way that we responded in the second half. Yeah, Sam, you mentioned uh, for sure. mentioned Western not scoring. Russ Jones made a jumper with seven twenty four left in the first half. The score was twenty six to twenty two, and they didn't score again until Wolverine made a free throw with three nineteen left. So that was a big stretch. That's when wild. A Sanford ballooned the lead to ten, and that was the way that they were settled down. The crowd was out there, they're looking away to get back in it. And Mike, you talked about earlier Sanford only getting three bench points. Sanford came in, or as of now, they're six in the country in bench points for the. So for them to only get three on last Tuesday and find another way to win, like Bucky mentioned after the game, was great to see. Yeah, it's impressive, and you know we'll get to we'll get to the AJ interview in a little bit. But AJ mentions fight. You know this team has a lot of fight in it, and we saw it in the VCU game, and we saw it uh, whenever we would kind of get down in the non-conference. Um, VCU just is more vivid in my in my mind. And then you see it really, really illustrated in this Western game. You have 5,000 people in the stands, nothing going for it. It reminded me a lot of the Furman game atmosphere at Furman last year where we had Furman on the ropes, let him back in it, let him shoot the clutch three. Um, and that was, I mean, that was that crazy offense defense yeah. uh, second half. And we just found a way to win. And we've kind of said that for a few of these games where it's like we would have lost that game last yep. year. We certainly would have lost two years ago. And we're finding ourselves on the side of victory and that style of play, that's effort, that's culture, that's uh, the talent on the team. And, you know, kind of helps when uh, Western goes on those four-minute scoring droughts. It also helps when you have a senior point guard like Ryland Jones in his fifth year. He's played a lot of basketball. He's on his third school. Stud. Sanford has a team. He he didn't turn over, but Sanford as a team only turned the ball over nine times, and he had six assists as well as long, along with eighteen points. So I think when you find that rhythm with this senior guard like that, like him and Troy, the second half, that's basically what the whole offense was—a two-man game between them two—and Western couldn't stop it. So for Ryland to play that well, and again we talked about earlier in the year, but I said when these 
when is he going to start scoring and make it a scoring up? But well, this is like third game in double figures since conference play started. So that's exactly what we wanted to see. Someone other than at that time we thought Jermaine would be playing, but then a chore at AJ. Who would be that other guy to step up? And it's been Rylan as of late. Yeah, he's been incredible. He's so sneaky and methodical with his scoring too. Like you watch a game and you probably think, oh, he might have eight, nine points. And then you look up and he's, you know, he finished the game with 18 points. Uh, he just, like, he's not somebody like a chore chore that's going to go on a run, just score a bunch of points in a row. He's just so methodical with how he scores uh, and takes the right opportunities. So he's really fun to watch. And he's been, other than a chore chore, our best player, you know, in SoCon plays. So yeah, and he's far. now second in the country in assist to turnover ratio just behind Michigan State's point guards. Is it just another way having a senior guard like that, like I mentioned, helps helps immensely in road atmospheres like That's that? That's amazing. <clears throat> yeah, I would say the, the improvement in the turnovers has been a huge uh, step in the right direction. I mean, I think it was that UTC game where we had 20-some-odd turnovers or close 16, somewhere like that. And you're just sitting there like that's not sustainable against some of the more uh, talented teams in the SoCon that will be able to take advantage of that. Western would have beaten us had we committed that many turnovers. Uh, Furman will beat us coming up if we committed that many. Mercer would have upset us on Saturday had we uh, played like we kind of were earlier in the season. So that's a huge improvement that looks to have sustained itself to a degree. Yeah, as of now, they sit in the middle of the pack in the conference and turnovers per game where I think to start at the first conference season, they're kind of like the 7-8-9 range, so they're slowly moving their slowly moving their way up. And especially, I keep mentioning they found another way to win. Western really slowed the game down in the second half, too. They didn't let Sanford get out and runs. So that's where that, like I said, that senior leader in Ryland Jones to get the offense set up in the half court. So that's probably the best game that Sanford's played in the half court offensive-wise, just how they kept matching Western score for score without turning them over a bunch because what because Western only turned the ball over eight times so they had to find different ways to generate offense right. and get out in transition. I'm curious if Jermaine makes it back for the next Western game how they play it because I know for one they're not going to let a chore just shoot whatever he wants from three. The dude was wide open the entire game and they said we don't care and a chore said thank you. But would Jermaine back? It, I, like I said, I don't know if that's even a thing, but let's just say that it is. I think a chore becomes even more dangerous uh, because Jermaine can do everything a chore can, plus he's faster. So you're going to have to focus much more on Jermaine while a chore eats you alive. And if you focus way more on, on a chore, well, Jermaine will eat you alive. I mean, both of those dudes, the motors are crazy. A chore was playing so hard. He only rest, he rested for a few minutes. He played way more minutes in this Western game than he had all season. Um, I think he got a break near the end of the first half and they shot and they showed the shot of him. And he's like in the stands by himself, just trying to recover as quickly as possible because the dude was scoring a point a minute, but you could tell he's loving it. You know, he wanted to get right back in and, uh, I don't know. Do you, do you think we see the sustained playing time for a chore down the stretch? I mean, Bucky did just come out in the most recent interview he gave where he's like, we don't care about individual awards. So we know we're not going to be stat chasing to get a chore, the player of the year. It also helped that a chore only well, had two fouls he, as well. I don't know if that's what you're about to mention, Mike, but yeah, say, that's yeah. why he was able to play 30 minutes. Cause he only had two fouls. I think he fouled out against Mercer on Saturday. So yeah. like two fouls is probably the fewest he's had. And mm-hmm. A meaningful game all season. Uh, I'm not sure about all those non-conference games, but yeah, well, you're right. His points per minute really aligned with what he's been scoring all season. He's he's been playing about 20 minutes a game. He's been scoring about 20 points a game. So to go 35 in 30 minutes, uh, it's pretty consistent with what he's been doing on a minute by minute <laughs> basis. But just to be able to do that for 30 minutes is incredible. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's a video game out there. I like the different ways he scored too. Like we mentioned, well, I'll mention with AJ later. He had a couple back to the basket where he had slight baby hooks in the lane, like two feet falling down backwards. And I just started started laughing on a couple of those. So, okay, this this is his night, and he's gonna yes. he's gonna be the one to lead us. Uh, talking about fouls, he's only fouled out one other time. That was the VCU game, and then two fouls. That was really like the biggest game Sanford played. Like I already mentioned, he stepped up and only had two fouls in the biggest in the biggest moments, which helped him lead Sanford, especially when Sanford didn't have that third score to kind of get there in double figures. 
Yeah, Sam, back to your point about when Marshall does come back, uh, if and when, you know, hoping he does come back this season. But I think what that does for us defensively, just in where we um, can move bodies around to maybe keep guys out of foul trouble. So, you know, with a chore chore, instead of having to put them on the bench and bring in somebody else big, you know, maybe we can move a chore chore around, put Marshall on that four or five position instead. So he's down low, you know, bodying guys up, more prone to, to take on fouls uh, than a chore chores. You know, he's had to take that on all season or, you know, with, with Marshall right. going out. So I think, you know, as much as that can help us offensively, I think it can also do, do a ton defensively just in terms of how we spread bodies around. That's a yeah. good point. I mean, the versatility gets scary when Jermaine gets back. Because, I mean, yeah, on defense, you have Jermaine and Detroit on the court, and you have Jaden Campbell yeah. and AJ and right Like, that's a dynamic, dynamic defensive front right there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. When you have a closing lineup of, of Rylan, Jaden, AJ, Jermaine, and Achor, just talk up, just talk about what kind of experience that would have and help Sanford close in the big minutes because because Dallas will start, but he won't be in the major closing minutes because Ryland will take on that role, especially when you bigger guys. You don't want to get mismatches like that in a crucial moments of the game. So I think that five would be super fun to watch, and hopefully hopefully we get to see it sometime soon. Yeah, I think we had Hicks Hicks in there instead of Graziani yeah. against Western in the yep. final minutes, yep. Uh, yep. which he's good defensively too. I mean, he doesn't get talked about enough, but he's yeah good defensively. Scary. It is the guard. The guard defense has been uh, pretty strong. Now we've you know we've given up threes, uh, but a lot. This is just me on my gut, but just thinking of the games, they haven't been so wide open. We've contested pretty much everything. Where we kind of get uh, stuck is when teams can move it around, and that's kind of when the ball pressure comes into play. When we can disrupt the rhythm on defense, we have a much more. Um, a much higher chance of actually contesting a shot as opposed to just flying by the dude. So that is one thing. But for the most part, I think we've been playing defense just fine. Um, the VMI game, the obvious exception, and the Mercer game to a degree, especially in the second half. So let's get to the Mercer game. Yeah, especially one before we get there, especially if they break the press real quick and like that weak side, kind of the opposite side of the press, got to get all the way down to the block and yeah. they get, the, get that open three. So that's just another... Another thing if, you've seen. That's what VMI if did the other so team well. can, If the other team can make it, yeah. That's yeah, the other but, thing. Like, put it, I do like that even when the press is yeah. broken, that there is still pressure on that other team to quote-unquote make the easy and basket, make a decision, yeah. Which sometimes they don't make the right yeah. decision and it saves our skin. Yeah, because that guy on the uh, But unfortunately. Because that guy on the other side of the press that isn't involved, he's got to sprint all the way back to kind of – help a chore back there so a chore is not trying to decide himself trying to decide which one to guard so i think that's another way we've seen right. the teams get open looks that way it's just a matter where they whether they've been able to hit those or not no the rush decision is like the the last line of defense so to speak on our press when it's yeah. broken because you're still putting some kind of pressure on them which is good you just hope that you know your press doesn't break that often so let's get to mercer so we're in control. The first half, I mean, it, it, we're on track to beat the spread. The spread came out at like 13 points, 13 and a half points. We all went Sanford. No way. Oh, Mike. Check, ah, check the spreadsheet. I did check. I thought, I thought we all went Sanford. I, I, at the beginning, I was like, I, I should pick Mercer. There's no way 13 points were due for a downer. Yeah, that's what I thought. I didn't think first we were going to lose, but. Yeah, 13 is yeah. a lot. 13 and a half is a lot of points in a conference a trap game. Trap game, especially after home, a big one. All the pressure. Yeah, after a big one. Coming after right. an emotional win with Furman on the, yeah, I didn't you know, Furman on the exactly. horizon. I'm just mad at myself for not thinking of that. Exactly. Yeah. Good call. Well, it was one of those reverse reverse jinxes or whatever. I was like, oh, we can't do it. And then I was like, if the moment I don't pick Sanford, of course we're going to beat the spread. Had to go Sanford. Kudos to you, Mike, for going Mercer. Great call. Yeah, we also have years. Sorry, um, I didn't go... Who went VMI? Somebody chose picked VMI out of nowhere. Is that you against Citadel? Against Citadel, yeah. Jeb and I both had VMI against Citadel. That was a great. That was a great. Like where did that I was come like, from? That was a great court storm, by the way, from VMI. It's like, yeah, we're we won a D one game. We're storming the court. They had that kid that did like a backflip, like the middle of the court. It's like, oh, yeah. let's go. 
Everybody should have tagged Ari Wasserman and said, this is what college sports is about. Anyway, to those who know, they know. But so you were sitting there first half dominating, right? We're like, we're going to cruise 20 point dub. Here we go. Guys, what happened? That Davis kid just lit it up from three at one point where he had like three back to back. I mean, kid looks like he should be at a skate bar, not on a D1 basketball team. <laughs> I was trying to think of a comp, but that's the best comp. Yeah, for us, the six six freshman got hair, hair going. Yeah, that's Sheesh. that's a good call. Yeah, got the skate park Mercer Bear shooting daggers. Got the uh, water boy looking ETSU quarterback slicing and dicing the defense. I mean, yeah. what are these? <laughs> what are these guys in the SoCal? I mean, gee whiz. I don't know what to say about this game. I mean, it was way closer than it should have been. Uh, we won by seven, but it was one of those games where you know, it came down to the last couple of minutes. They started fouling. Yeah. Uh, they, it really was a game of runs. You know, Mercer went on small runs of like five, six points, and we would kind of score a couple to get back, and then Mercer would go on another run. Yeah, even the first half, it felt kind of weird. Like you're sitting there like, oh, this, this doesn't – and I've had this feeling before in multiple games. Like, if we're done feel right and you look up, oh, we're up nine. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Maybe maybe this isn't as bad as we thought. And then once again, the second half, Mercer came on. They cut it to, I think, two with eight minutes left. And they cut it to four, like, under the four-minute media time. I was like, okay. We, well, they cut it yeah, to one true. at uh, under five. Yeah, there you go. Or maybe under six. Yes. Um, so and that was stressful. It's just a matter of, okay, this is closer than it should be. Or we're getting kind of nervous. It's like, kind of mm-hmm. that certain point where we're like, okay, are they – not going to find a way to hold on. But it's still, even even when it did tighten up and you're sitting there and you're like, you know what? Sanford should probably lose this game based on how the momentum was going right now. We still found a way to make a three, to make a layup, to find an open shot, uh, to get a stop, right? Like all of the clutch things that we've seen so far still played out. So by this point in the season, 17 games in a row, we're 19 games into the season. This is our 20th game coming up. It's safe to say that this team knows how to win. And knows how. And, and by that, I mean, yes, we're winning. Obviously, Sam, they know how to win. But knowing how to pull one out, so to speak. Knowing how when you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be making the shot or you shouldn't be getting the stop, you somehow figure out how to do it. And that's not a, that's not a characteristic of um, – most of the Sanford teams across the sports we've seen. The baseball team last year had that factor. You know, the Penn Super Re- or uh, Regional game, we lost it, and then we lose the game. An ample opportunity there. Uh, the football team last year had it. Uh, the football team this year did not have it. The basketball team last year sometimes had it. It was inconsistent, right? Uh, mainly against Furman, my goodness. But... You kind of look at this team and you're like, it's just different. And you can't put your finger on it, right? It's an intangible. But you see it play out week in, week out. It's kind of taking me back to our conversation where we're like, with a football team where they're like having the balance between last year being the hunter than the hunted, kind of taking you back to where how does this team respond. And as we've been saying, Sanford's been finding finding ways to win. Even Bucky's mentioned that post game. Like the, we asked him, like, how did like Mercer shot the ball better, turned it over a lot? They didn't turn over less, but they did a lot of things better. But he's like, well, we first we forced 20 turnovers. We found a way to get turn them over and get the ball down and score. And he got saying when 951 left, Mercer cut it to 158 to 59. And then Sanford found a way later on. Yeah, Grant, let's cut let's cut to the Bucky uh, post game clip that we have. Well, you know, it starts with the half court D and eventually we settled in, in our half court D and we played pretty good. I, I told him in the locker room that when you're not playing your best, sometimes teams are too cool to win a game. Cause like it, we weren't playing our best. We're missing free throws. We're missing layups. <clears throat> missing threes we normally make. Um, they're out playing us. Their 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 players were playing better than our players at times, right? They they're just making shots, going by us. And sometimes when this is happening, you get one or two options. You can say it's not my night, or I can try to put my neck out there and try to turn this thing around. And a lot of teams, if you have guys that are low achievers, they're not ever going to put their neck out there because they always have a crutch that I wouldn't give my wouldn't try my hardest. Because sometimes when you're not playing well and you put your neck out there and it doesn't work, it doesn't look very good. Because it's like, I'm the reason we lost the game. Or maybe he's why we lost the game. But, uh, you know, you had guys in the last six minutes of the game making winning plays. Block shots, free throws, what, what needed to be done. 
And so that, that's good. You know, you got, you got to be able to close games. You got to be able to win different ways. And that was a, another way we had to win. Yeah, so mentality. Mentality seems to be the big difference maker so far this year. This isn't this is unrelated to Bucky's uh post-game speech, but I just remembered how did y'all think about well not Western, but Mercer specifically? It seemed like the officiating certainly favored us. I mean, we were we're the home team, that's usually the case, but the inconsistent nature of the paint and download defense in general was very, I thought, very inconsistent. Where they might have a clean block that they get called for a foul. We had a clean block that got called, vice versa. Um, I know that the SoCon officiating, there was some controversy in the Furman Western game, maybe, um, where like Furman's coach should have gotten a tech because he stormed the court with half a second left and all that jazz, but we haven't talked really much about SoCon officiating. I mean, football, they suck, but we always know that. But has anything stuck out to y'all so far? I feel like it's been evenly bad and not really impactful. Just to put it in perspective against Mercer, they were called for 27 fouls to our 16. I'll take that all day. A chore had five nice. of those. Uh, <laughs> but the way that we play, I don't – I don't think that any team should outfoul us by yeah. that much. Uh, so I would say right. that right. it's probably a little uneven. I, but I haven't like I haven't watched a game this year really where I felt like officiating was terrible. I think some of the Western Same. fans were complaining against uh, yeah, well, uh, well, that, that game. I, didn't, I thought that was evenly That's called. what they do is complain. But Then again, if a short short only gets 2,000 a game, like something's going wrong, right? The officials aren't seeing something. They let yeah. him play. Bothwell, he was physical or Bothwell. Um yeah. Woolbright. What's his face? Woolbright. Woolbright. Woolbright was physical. Um they let the yeah, guys they let play. Them play yeah. Do you think Sanford benefits from the SEC kind of mentality of oh, we let the athletes just kind of do their thing, get a little not as finesse, um just kind of let the game play yeah, out. That's basically what Big 12 basketball has been to the last few weeks like what Oh, like no blood, yes. no foul, basically, and that all that always helps. Like in the first half, I was sitting, Hack a first half, I was sitting behind the Mercer bench and with all the like other parents, and they were all all clamoring for like hand check fouls when Sanford was like pressing like they always do, and they were they were all complaining. I remember when uh, Sanford got called for one, and like one guy yelled from the back when the gym was quiet. He's like, "It's about time y'all called one." And I was like, "It's like are we in high school?" I get it. I was like, "Are we in high school still, or what are we though, right? like this college?" Like they're still clamoring, but I didn't really. I don't see a big difference. I don't see it's caused or turned a game one way or the other. I think they've been pretty steady most of the way. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's an advantage to our play style, yeah. though. Because they can't call 100 yeah. fouls, right? So if you're always fouling, we're basically always fouling on defense. Yeah, um, the way we press, think, for sure. The refs kind of get it back. on. They get us on those moving screens, which is complete garbage when we're handing the ball off. That's where they kind of even it back up a little bit, but those are such cheap calls. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it. Speaking of pressing, it's basically the same way that press Virginia back in like the mid to late two thousands, West Virginia, like like they were like, okay, we're gonna get as close to the line as possible because we know they're not gonna call. I think Sanford can kind of get to that line as well. So, like you said, it does benefit them the way that the way that we play defense. Yeah, I'll take it all day. So, uh, without further ado, let's get to our discussion. Uh, Grant and I sat down with AJ on Friday night before the Mercer game uh, to get his thoughts on the season so far, kind of what Bucky's saying, and uh, what he thinks the season might look like going forward. All right, so we got AJ and Grant. Uh, AJ, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Oh, we're good. good here, we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, Friday night, hilarious. coming off the big win against Western. Got Mercer. Uh Coming up tomorrow, we saw the little video Coach Bucky put out about fill the bowl so the dogs can eat. Um, yeah. So, AJ, man, talk to us about the season so far. Uh, it's been been a journey from the start till now. It's been, been a grind, just working every day with the team, just getting better every day, listening, um, achieving. You got to just continue just staying solid, staying, staying humble, and – other than that, it's just it's, it's been fun. So 
Yeah, yeah. the backcourt seems to have really gelled. You know, you all got some new faces in the locker room. Uh, Rylan Jones, Dallas Graziani, Chandler Leopard, um, all contributing at pretty high clip. So how have y'all, um, how have y'all really come together and been, been able to uh, really kind of dominate? so far uh started started since the summer 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 work just coming in every day as a group practicing as much as we can together learning each other playing one-on-one three-on-three four-on-four and right, who wins the one-on-one who who's the dominant one? Oh, it's just it's it's everyone whoever wants to play anyone so okay. yeah it's just random it's randomized some of the walk-ons play it's just random so i can't Have i don't you know lost? my money's on uh, you i want to i want a few of them yeah. One of few of them. Yeah. But have we gotten, <laughs> James a, for sure one. Have we gotten a Dallas yeah. a chore one matchup? I'm trying to think like the funniest matchups. <laughs> <Nah. that'd> be- <laughs> <laughs> we haven't we haven't done that matchup at all. Mm-mm. Nah, chore 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 in Dallas is funny. But yeah. Four inches every day, yeah. Four, four inches every day. Huh? It's gotta oh, get man. better, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't get me started with that, but <laughs> That was funny too in itself. Uh, great, great publicity though by Coach yeah, Bucky. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. worked publicity. really well. Yeah, but yeah, as I was saying, just summer workouts, um, and then since the season started, we've all just been been together, just been playing for each other. We hang out, we talk in the locker room. Locker room is very, is very together. So that's that's a plus. That's always going to be a plus when it comes to team sports. Just the locker room being there, um, and everyone likes each other. So that's also a plus too. So that just translates to the court and it see us flourishing. How do you think the non-conference, I mean, cause you know, we started off with Purdue, we had VCU pretty early. So like a pretty tough first spot or first few games. And then mm-hmm. it really, I mean, the competition lightened up um, until we hit the conference. Do you think that that helped the team? Um, like what kind of impact do you think that made? Cause it seems like it set us up pretty nice. Uh, you can say it helped the team. I feel like, me personally, I feel like we could have won the VCU game, very close game. We was oh. leading the whole, the whole, the whole time. So, and then the last three, four minutes, you know, we had a couple spurts. I feel like that just that just um helped us gain like just learning how each other plays for real, for real, and then learning that the last four minutes are important. That's where we, mm-hmm. we shine. Learning not to just back away, but just to keep keep going forward, keep going at at the other team. So I I would say that, that that helped us for sure. Yeah. Especially the Purdue yeah. game. The Purdue game got us ready for Western Carolina. Just the fans. The Purdue yeah, was so sure. lit. And it was so packed. Way more packed. Yeah. Than it was. It That's was packed, an awesome, awesome but atmosphere. For real, it, it, I feel like that helped us stay calm in the Western Carolina game yeah. as well. We would. I feel like we were the most calm team. So that helped us with that. And I don't. I, I would just say it just got us ready. For real, just it just got us prepared. I'm not gonna say that the teams we played were just were lesser. We played a couple of good teams, Belmont, Louisiana, sure. played sure. a few more good teams. Yeah. Um, I just feel like we were just more prepared. We got more prepared since those two losses, so we learned that we can be beat. You know, so I feel like that's what it was. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up the last four minutes because the Western game. I mean, talk about lesson learned. Western really came on strong that last half of the second half, and um, right, y'all just kind of withstood withstood the surge and came out with a victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. There was. They we punched. They punched. We punched. They mm-hmm. punched. It was very counteractive. Very counter. A lot yep. of counters. So, <laughs> and it, it was. It was a close one towards the end. Yeah, it seemed like they never missed. Like late, like they would go down, bit, make a big three, then Ryland would go down and get a floater. It's just right. cool seeing y'all. But throughout the whole game, really bounce back after. But they would get. Mo- right. But they would get momentum going. They wouldn't go on any big runs or anything. You guys would find a way to settle down and get points on the other end as soon as they had a big, uh, three or big dunk. Mm-hmm. True. And what's good about us, anyone can go off on any given day. Yeah. Not just we all we all have we can have our game. So Rollin and Mature had their game, West Carolina. Mature's been having his games. Jaden's had some, I've had some, so it's just we know like whoever's on is on and keep feeding them. That Woolbright dunk has gotten way too much. Uh, he he didn't dunk over anyone. He dunked between two guys. Huge difference, hey, right? It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is lost, what it so is. All good. He made top ten Sports <laughs> Center. It's okay, but we got the win. That's all that matters. Was, for sure, most yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, what has Coach been saying to get y'all? Re- I mean, because we're at what Grant sixteen games now. Sixteen. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So how has coach addressed that? Because obviously it's getting national attention. So I'm sure you all have noticed. Um, just, I feel like he's just telling to stay in the gym. Don't, don't get too, don't, don't get too high, too low. Um, just stay with each other, stay together like we've been doing and good things will keep happening if we stay like that. Don't get too selfish. Um, just play as a team for real. Yeah. Like when, uh, at the team posted that, video Bucky post game time, but we play with poise, we'll play with confidence. Was that something going in? Like, okay guys, we know this atmosphere is gonna be something big. One of the biggest games right. for Western. We need to settle down here and y'all did find a way to not get rattled for sure. For sure. In, in, any big game, but any game in general, even in practice, play with play with poise, play with confidence. He says that in practice. So just that translates and into any game. And then it just helps with the bigger ones because We've always been doing it consistently. As long as we do stuff consistently, it's, it's going to show. Yeah, yeah talk about, um, you know, we've been impressed by the three freshmen uh, who've gotten a lot of playing time. Riley, Homie Grant, I'm blinking. Uh, Riley, Josh and Lucas, Lucas yep. and Josh. And Lucas, Josh, yeah. yeah. Uh, for sure, yeah. They, they've came in, gotten better every day. They stay on the grind. Riley, especially, a chore, chore goes at him every day. So, <laughs> he, you know, that's just going to make him get better. And then yeah. getting the minutes he's been getting in the games. And then same with Josh, Josh, Lucas. Um, we have me, Jaden, Rowland, Garrett, Dallas. He's a pest pushing them every day. So that's just gonna <laughs> I can see that. That's just gonna keep keep getting them better and better. And then coming to the game, just getting a little easier, just making the simple plays. And they shown to do that, hit open shots, just play with confidence. For real, they showing that they're starting to play a lot more confidence. Josh and Riley, especially Lucas, Lucas for sure too. And it, it's showing. So I love I love the freshmen, man. I love the freshmen. They're yeah, pretty I, funny. They're I, pretty. Pro- they're pretty funny to be around. Yeah, you can I'm feel. Sure. They seem like yeah. they got pretty big personalities, especially Lucas and Josh. Yeah, you feel that Lucas and Josh. Yeah. Riley, Riley, the uh, I would say is eh, he tries to have <laughs> <laughs> his big personality is a little different. So sure, but yeah. Josh and Josh and Lucas for sure they have very big personalities. They talk talk a lot. They hang around with us a lot. So that's that's cool. Yeah, I feel Riley's that he's a little bit more reserved. Yeah, I feel that way with yeah. Josh, especially like he's not afraid of the moment. He's like. It doesn't matter who's guarding him. He's going to go in and try to attack yeah. him. I, was it a couple of games ago? We took it in, like try to dunk on somebody. Like, oh, okay. All right, Josh, let's go. Yeah, let's yeah, do yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, we be tell we tell him we got all the bounce in the he world. Does, y'all yeah. see him? I don't know if y'all watch the warm ups. Y'all see him in warm ups. Yeah. He's between the legs, dunks, windmills. He's trying to go under the legs. Like it's it's insane. So Dang. we tell him to use it use it in the games. Yeah. At least he attempted. it. That's yeah. all we ask for. He does, yeah. You know something something we've noticed, AJ, and tell me if there's been any kind of shift or if it's y'all just keeping on working, but the improvement that offensively you and Jaden both made, I mean, Jaden shooting like 451 from three this year, which is wild. Mm -hmm. A chore especially has made a huge jump. It just seems like y'all are developing really nice. And I, you know, was there anything different that y'all did, you know, preparing for this upcoming season than you did last year, or is it just continuously Uh, uh, improving? Just continuously improving, and we're taking smarter shots. I feel like we're not yeah. we're not really rushing it. We're just taking what's come to us. If we're open, we're open. If the other person's open, we swing it, and we try to get as much open shots as we can. Try to limit all the contested ones, and that just makes us shoot better to begin with. Because if you're open, you should be making them open, right? So yeah. that's the point, and it's showing. And we and we stay in the gym as, as well. Me, everyone, for real. Rowland, Dallas. The chore, Lucas, everyone stays in the gym, so it shows. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, how fun is it this year to be playing? It seems like y'all have mastered Bucky's system, so to speak. And y'all, uh, we, we ain't mastered yet. We still, <laughs> <laughs> we're still, we're go. still, he's, we're still getting scolded. So there we go. No, I wouldn't say that. So, but we're continuously learning, um, continuously messing up and getting better. Sure. So that's just that's all that matters. We mess up and we and we learn from it, and then we watch film. And then try to try to not make the same mistakes the next game. Uh, learn it from it in practice as well. So yeah, but every day we're getting better and better in the Bucky system. So yeah, it's, it's fun yeah. to watch. So it's I'm awesome. Sure it's yeah, fun to play. hmm Especially with the chore, talking about guys most improved. Obviously, the other night, thirty-five and ten. He had a couple of buckets where I started laughing. I was like, "There's a lot of, like I don't know how this went in. It was awesome. Like he had a couple like baby hooks that went. In. I was like, okay, he had to step back or right. two. So smooth. When. Yeah, when you're in the zone, you're in the zone. Yeah, so that was crazy. Anything, anything goes. Had the 15-0 run a couple weeks ago. Had the 8-0. Mm-hmm. But the first eight points. When did y'all notice that he was going to take this next level? Was it over the summer? Where it's like, okay, a chore's really come. He's really improved. Or where, where for you did you see where he was going to be this kind of player so far? Just from him 
in the summer, just coming in and working out two or three times a day with Coach Nev, uh, any of the coaches, Coach Coach Cole, um, Coach uh, Coach Danny, Coach Young, and just yeah, he's just shown that he wants it. Uh, he's active about it. He he cares. So, and when we see that, that's just that's just gonna make you get better no yeah. matter what, as long as over time. So he's just playing with the most confidence as he can right now, and that's what I love for him. So yeah, yeah. my guy too, my dog. He's, I mean, it's funny, AJ, how quickly he's turning into a fan favorite. Because um, it's wild that we're having this much much success with Jermaine mm-hmm. out. You know, like how scary, how scary could this team be when Jermaine comes back? It's gonna be, it's gonna be a sight to see. I can't wait. I can't wait. Just hopefully right. Jermaine comes back as healthy as he can. Um, we just need him to come back as healthy as he can for real. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun to watch for sure. Do you think uh, Woolbright has the Player of the Year locked up? Or is there uh, is there any room for one of our bulldogs maybe to snag that title? Or do you always even room care? For, there's always room for one of us to snag it, but ah, yeah, hey, we're trying to win too. So right, whatever whatever comes with winning at this point. But, but of course, of course, we would love to have one of us one of us get it. We're gonna work towards it. Yeah. That's the goal. Work towards it and win. And if, if it comes with one of us, that's just what's gonna happen. So. Yeah, with Woolbright, we're talking about between us. Does he look like he's 35 years old? Because from us, like outside, like he looks like he's, <laughs> he should have three kids and a mortgage nah. right now. But no, he's, he's balling. He like he's he's balling right now. He looks like he's in his 20s. He's only like 35. Okay, but, yeah, respect <laughs> to him, man. That's he's balling strange, out. Yeah. He's going... yeah. yeah, he's good. <laughs> he's balling out right yeah. now. He's almost averaging with a double double, right? Or, yeah, pretty yeah, much. He's had a lot, he, he, a lot this he season. He leads their team points, like rebounds, that. and assists. Yeah, yeah. Just wild. Good for him. Happy to see it. Just got to keep keep trucking, keep going on to the next one. Keep working, for real. I don't know if it's more of a question, but I was just like, from the outside, mm-hmm. it's awesome to see, like, your improvement. Like, looking at your numbers right now, like, especially from three, like, you shot, like, 32% last year, and, in, and you're around the mid-40s this year. It's just cool to see a guys in a program start and continue to ascend, just like we talked about with the chores. So it's awesome mm-hmm. from our end, just seeing you uh, perform like this and become the player you become after your injuries the last couple of years. So it's just been awesome to watch on our end, for sure. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yep. That, that just comes with taking the smart shots too. Yep. So, Bucky talks talked to us a lot about that on the off season. Just he says, "Well, we're all good shooters, but sometimes we just take a couple of dumb ones. It hurts our numbers. So, when you take some smart ones, you're gonna knock down your shots. He knows we can knock them down, and he has faith in us to do that. So, we're showing it. I like that. All right, last question, AJ. What do you think is the number one factor of this team's success so far that maybe we don't see? I would say, I would say, I would say our fight. Yeah. I feel like I feel like yep. our fights there. Just knowing next guy up. Um, don't be as scared. Confidence too. Confidence is really big. He's big on giving each, all of his players confidence. So everyone comes in the game playing playing with confidence and next guy up. So if, like with Jermaine, like God forbid, like we didn't want him to go down, but right. coach said he's down. Uh, your guys gotta gotta show up now and we're trying to do that. And we can't wait for him to come back. But I feel like that's what it is. Like knowing knowing our our attitude is there, um, confidence, and just always staying ready. So yeah, I love it. Well, thanks, AJ. Uh, good luck. This, I mean, this will air after the Mercer game, but uh, best gotcha. of luck, man. We'll be watching, going for seventeen straight. Yep. Maybe yes, put sir, up a yes, little, little twenty thirty pointer, AJ. A little, you know. <laughs> the goal always, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> I got to get in the interview room. That's obviously that's obviously what you're looking forward to. Obviously, after the game, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Yeah. We, we appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks, AJ. Appreciate yes, it. All right. Thank you all. Okay, obviously, we love AJ. Big friend of the pod. Uh, really enjoyed talking with him in depth over the summer. I'm sure it's cool to kind of watch the transformation of the locker room over the past uh, several seasons that he's been in it to be at this moment, right? Um, it does suck that at the end of the day, we could have this incredible season and lose in the first round of the SOCON, and it's all for naught, right? Uh, we're not getting an at-large bid. Even if we get in the AP top 25, we're not going to be in the net top 50. But as fans, as fans of the sport and of Sanford, we just got to enjoy the ride. You know, Enjoy the guys like AJ. Enjoy the 17 in a row so far. And uh, the party will stop at some point. Always does for everybody. So we just got to enjoy it while it lasts. Speaking of AJ, he also had 20 points on Saturday. It was a huge bounce back for him. He had nine against Western, only two against UNCG. So it's good to see him get back up there and being a chore both led the way with 20 so it's just good for him to get back into the scoring 
highs that we've seen previously before SoCon play started. Yeah, I was watching the game and wondering what y'all said to him Friday night because that was his best scoring out, outing uh, in a while. Now I'm trying to think of what I said. If I said anything, uh, no. <laughs> anything I don't want to have out there. I don't know. No, I'm playing. Just playing. Right. Um, no, I can't think of anything. So we'll have him on again next Friday, right? All right, so let's talk about... Yeah, we will. Let's talk about... I mean, it keeps pumping out 20-point games. Let's talk about Furman. So, you know, Furman starts out, goes over two losses to UNCG, UTC, and we're feeling, you know, like, hey, this is a new year. This is a new SOCON. Furman isn't the big bad wolf. Eh, fast forward a couple weeks, all of a sudden, they got three guards, four slash four guards who are all draining threes, including um, the transfer PJ Smith. Smith, thank you. Uh, from Lee, who apparently we also wanted. Uh, so the guy is obviously good. Uh, Bucky's pretty good talent evaluator, if you haven't picked up on that so far. So that's not great, right, guys? Not great. Um, Alex Williams, uh, at least last week, was leading the conference in average scoring. I Do we have an update on that? Is he still? Surely not after a George 30-pointer. Um, that's a great question. But if he's not... If he's not still leading, he's certainly second or third. So they have one of the most prolific scores in the conference. They still have all the you know the key role players from last year, including Pagee, who just shot the game winner against Western at Furman. Uh, so they're certainly riding in hot. And uh, we're going on the road, boys. Going to old Traveler's Rest to take on the Dens. I did not know that was the I'm trying to pull the stats up. Yeah, that's where Furman University is oh, located. FU. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I've actually got updated scoring stats so far through the first six games of the season, and your boy Achor Achor has taken the lead. Take that, Woolbright. How much? With, uh, averaging 22.3 points a game, about one point per game more than Mikhail Brown-Jones, and about two Ooh. points per game more than Vontarius Woolbright. Uh, a chore chore remains at 135 minutes in total game time, whereas the next two players are at 170 and 217, respectively. So, that's still absurd. doing the most with his minutes. That is two um, games less than, or one game less than one of the dudes, and two games less than the other guy. Yeah, two those 135 minutes, there's 24th is, in the conference. Sanford, again, they play a lot of guys. They, shuffle through guys but still to put up those kind of those kind of numbers at, at 24th of the conference in minutes per game as we've been saying is wild yeah and so That's where's insane. alex williams alex williams also he's doing really well with his minutes he's only because he he did miss one game to injury okay. i believe he's in five games he's played 153 minutes so still more than a chore chore through six uh and he's averaging 19.4 so right up there with the chore chore uh yeah yeah, so, I mean, they have prolific scores. They shoot the three well. Um, a lot of things that we weren't saying about Western, and they're well coached. They're going to play disciplined basketball. How do – I mean, it's on the road. The streak has to come to an end at some point, you would think. But does it have to be Furman? Like, can we get one more win in, yeah. one more? I would take a loss to Wofford to beat Furman at this point. Make it VMI for all we care. It's not <laughs> preach, Furman preach. Again. Yes. Uh, no. Anyone but Furman. Yeah, it's just another way you got to exercise some demons from last year. Obviously, a team that beat you twice, a team that that you really didn't match up that well against last year. So see how how well you fare going on the road. You know it'll be hype, just like it was, just like it wasn't Colaway last week. It's just a matter of, again, can they go in there without Jermaine Marshall and find a way to, to get it done and, like I said, exercise some of those demons from last year? You know, I think we actually win the matchup battle this year, even without Jermaine. Um, you know, we saw this kid last year, uh, their big man, Garrett Heen. He was a slightly a, more than annoying role player for them. He was very strong down low. Um, but I wouldn't say that he's certainly... I wouldn't say he's taking a giant step forward like a chore has, right? So I, I see us having an advantage down low. Now, Heen's a little bit, maybe plays a little bit stronger than a chore. Maybe. We'll see. 
Um, I have noticed we struggle getting in box out position. We are fairly lackadaisical around the hoop. So that is something that a very disciplined Furman team might, might exploit kind of like we saw Western, which was super annoying to watch. Uh, but I mean, after that, you look at all the guards, our guards are just as athletic, just as good. Um, we have just as many three point scores, if not more. I mean, I don't really see a weakness where we're just, you know, it's not a Woolbright situation, right? Where we're mismatched without Jermaine. Um, did AJ Jaden, a chore at times do an amazing job guarding him? Yes. Do we need that against Furman? Fortunately, no. They don't have a guy like that. Um, so matchup-wise, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I think uh, they've got, like you said, three guys that you know you know that Williams, Foster, and Piggy are going to get theirs every game. Yep. Uh, if y'all remember, Foster was out for several weeks. He came back earlier than expected, but he's played the last two games, and he's averaging about 17 points uh, through those two games. Granted, one of those was VMI, so not really fair. They scored 100 points in that game. Uh, but he was the the leading scorer in the SOCON before he got injured. So he's probably their best player. JPPG can hit the three. We know he's clutch. He just hit another clutch game winner against Western this past week. Yep. Alex Williams is that guy from last year that came out of nowhere. And then yep. you got PJ Smith, that like fourth scorer. And then uh, is it Carter? Yeah, Carter Witt, who's yep, the transfer Carter from Wake. So he was actually the number 10 overall point guard in his recruiting class. Rylan wow. Jones was also, I think, the 10th huh. rated point guard in huh. his recruiting class. Interesting. So fun to see two guys uh, transfer from power six schools rated around the same in terms of point guard position uh, going head to head. I'll take Rylan all day. Yeah. Carter's shooting at the moment 286 from three uh, and has about a one and a half assist to turnover ratio, which is um not elite. Crazy stat on Rylan real quick. I was just looking through the SoCon stats again. So just just with SoCon play, he's first in the SoCon in assist to turnover ratio of nine point five. That, second in the league. That's insane. Langley at four point one. <laughs> that is extra. insane. Nine point five get out of here. So crazy. Be less efficient, Ryland. Be human. Four turnovers through six games. My goodness. I mean, that's an advantage right there that is kind of our secret weapon. We have a point guard who just makes makes buckets happen. He's just so sneaky with it that you're not going to like watch a game and think, oh, Ryland Jones is the guy. But Right. Right. It just makes I mean, it happen. Furman had – see – this team has a lot of similarities to Furman's team last year in that sense, that Furman had dudes who you're just like, what just happened to us? Who was Alex Williams? Who who, who was yeah. even J.P. Pegui last year, right? Now everybody knows his name. He's a household name. But I think last year he was their sixth man. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I think he was their sixth man. Um, Let's see if this game is different so than yeah. Western. See, like Sanford, like we said, only had three bench points last week. Who, I don't think that's going to be able to get done again. I don't see. Obviously, no. that's not really a trend you want to have. So who who from that bench area steps up? Is it Chandler Leopard who gets some more looks? Is it Nathan Johnson who finds his shot? Is it is it Garrett Hicksley? Like you mentioned, does he get in the paint a little bit more? So it, it's just a matter of does Stanford find that fourth score basically to get them over the hump and not and can they do what the do what they did against last week and turning the ball over less than ten times. Those are two things to watch. Who will step up and how how well do they fare in not turning the ball over? I think it'll have to be Hicks. I think Hicks is going to be out there more because of his defense. And um, it would be awesome to have Chandler out there. And depending on how the, the game flows, maybe Leopard does get around 10 minutes, in which case he could totally drain 12 points. Um, but I would bet Hicks, Hicks for his defense and needs to take advantage uh, of some shots. Yeah, that's like – one of the biggest differences, I think, is just that we know where Furman's going to get their points from. We know we're going to get our points from a chore, and then Ryland is probably going to get, you know, let's say 10. But, who, like, who's going to step up this game? 
historically speaking, we know somebody will. We just don't know who, and that's just the biggest difference in these two teams right now. You know, we're probably a month away. So Josh Holloway came off of his career game against Mercer in conference, so to speak. Um, you're starting Which, to see him grow against the lower tier teams, right? He's not ready to make that jump and contribute 10, 15 against Furman on paper. He might, but I'm not going to sit here and say that he probably will. That's kind of absurd. But fast forward a month, six more weeks, he keeps playing at this kind of level. Maybe SoCon tourney time comes around. Maybe a guy like that uh, turns up and becomes your like eighth contributor who's scoring 10 points or seventh contributor who's scoring 10 points. And it's at that point that this team is nuts. Yeah, Josh had 10 points in 11 minutes on Saturday against Mercer. Yeah, by I far his every, best conference game, I, th- I think. Every one of those 10 points was like a contested drive to the basket yeah, it was, as well. Yeah. Uh, That's good, like See, but you insane, wanted like to drive. Acrobatic. Yeah, a couple of heels. Yeah, his, yeah. Style, his style of play is so different than Rylan Jones. He's kind of a weird mix, like if, you, if we want to like go there and compare like a weird mix between Rylan and Quez. Sure there it is. Yeah. Uh, in terms of style of play, there it is. Yep. Can't go without mentioning <laughs> have to. Q. Had that in my notes. Make sure we got that down. No, there. that's fair, Mike. It, it is. It is. <laughs> uh, you get you kind of get that feeling. He's certainly not a um, pass first. He's not necessarily shoot first. But that's, that's he's the thing, more of a like, like create. And is it create for a drive or is it create for a pass? Um, he's he's trying to go downhill yeah. towards the basket. Yeah, Ryland's that trying is to find. Fun. Let the dude be the bowling ball to rack up the team foul count and get us two fouls closer to the bonus if he's in for five minutes. Right, like that's he fun. also tried to dunk on. He's also turning but, it over. Yeah, there you go. And he's a freshman, so like you can't judge him because and he has to make the free throws. Both of those things occur a little not not enough on either. Kind. He also did almost dunk on another dude. I was like, oh gosh, he went for it again. He got fouled again, so it's another way of finding the balance like you said of not making plays where it goes down to free easy buckets for Furman finding ways to make things happen by not doing that but yeah I would look for Garrett Hicks to be kind of the x factor off the bench for us um the line is not out I'm anticipating Furman to be one I mean Western was a one and a half point favorite I bet Furman is a one and a half point favorite who wins Grant Mike hmm Ken Palm has us projected uh, to win by two. Sanford eighty-seven to eighty-five. Mm. I still, if this game's in the eighties, we win. If this game's in the fifties, sixties, hard to say. I think I think this team is different. So I think I'll go Sanford outright, going on the road and finding ways that the, they couldn't last year. Like we mentioned with the senior guard play, finding ways to not get rattled in atmospheres like this to find a way to get it done. Yeah, we should have won at Furman last year. Yep. We would have won at Stanford last year if it weren't for Bothwell scoring like 18 straight to start the An game. An insane run. I thought we matched up well against them last year. And so the fact that they've got essentially the same team, they've just lost their two NBA caliber players and were a better team. But also, Alex, uh, I'm sorry, Mar- Marcus Foster coming back is a huge um, factor for them. I think when we talked about the ways that Sanford's been able to win this year, the one thing we haven't had to do is come from behind. And that's the thing that we could do so well last year is, we, you know, we could come back from that 19 point deficit because the guys could just like rally and we had those pure scores and Logan die and Quez, but that's not something we've done this year. So I think that's something we cannot do against Furman is get behind by big, you know, double digits in the first half. Um, if we can manage to keep it close I would probably take Sanford, but just given it's at home and Marcus Foster's back and you know, we're on a seventeen game win streak, it's bound to happen any day now. Uh, right. It's it's a tough one. I'm gonna have to think on it before I make my pick in the spreadsheet. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's well we gotta have wait for the line to come out for the spreadsheet. And we'll right. update everybody. Uh probably in a we'll let the, we'll let the competition ride a few more weeks uh before we give an update on how well we're all doing. We should note that because uh, we didn't really go through like a, a SOCON rundown from last week but Sanford right. sitting at 6 and 0 second in the league is UNCG at 5 and 1 and then Western Chat, Wofford and Furman are all 4 and 2 so still early on in the season this game has big 
implications uh, towards who's going to come out on top at the end of the season because if Furman manages to win, that puts them at you know five and two to our six yeah. and one. It's a tough race. Going through the schedule, very yeah. similar to last year. That one seed's important. Very similar to last year. It all comes down to one win or one loss. Yeah, every game this week is on Wednesday, so Wednesday's big night. Sanford goes to Furman. UNCG goes to Western, so two marquee matchups in the conference to find uh, see if there's a little bit of separation there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the loss is coming. At some point, we will lose again. It's a given. It's basketball. Um, but is it weird to say, guys, that I'm glad we're going on the road? After a shaky performance against Mercer, it's a great time for the guys to get focused again, rally around each other, get their minds right for a, a pretty – I mean, it's a pretty tough environment. I, I don't think it's going to be as hard as the 5,000 at Western because Western, well, they're just built different up there. Um, but, you know, you're going to have about 3,000 probably screaming uh, Paladin fans. And I don't know. I think I think this one destined for 18 in a row, at least 18 in a row. I think if we're going to ETSU first, I would feel better about going on the road. That's who we have Saturday. So I think I would still feel better. Just scares me that it's Furman on the other end. I don't care how well or how not they've been playing. I don't want it back-to-back trap yeah. games. I want to rise up to the big game, you know? Like that's that's – I think this team relishes the spotlight in that sense. This is a rivalry, that's for sure. The last two seasons, like this game is – meant a lot to each team the way we beat them two years ago and then the way they the way that they beat us twice last year and it's it's it leaves a terrible taste because we were technically co-champions but we all know deep down we were not co-champions you can't be co-champions when you lose to the other co-champion twice that ain't how it works well i mean uh, the other co-champion did lose to citadel so at least we didn't at least we didn't do that because that's how (laughs) Also beat Virginia in the tournament, yeah. which they got all that. You know. Preach. Um, it's lucky right, guys. he's made that same chop four times this season. So this episode drops um, the day of the game. So big game tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern at Furman. Sanford going for 18 in a row. Yo, Bulldogs, baby. State of the Bulldogs is out. Hey, you already know. You know, Sanford, about to get that ring, man. Hey, love y'all. We love y'all.